Pleasure to welcome to the programme author Chris Thrall. His book is called Eating Smoke and it is a true story. Hello, Chris. Hello, Phil. Welcome to see you. Good yeah, to see you. Welcome back. I mean, <laughs> this is, um, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if this for you was like a, a sort of exorcism of, of your, your experiences or, or, it, or writing a book helped or how, what was it about? Oh, I left the Marines in the UK to come here and run a business. Yeah. Which was fairly successful at the time. Uh, but less than a year later, I was addicted to ice, crystal methamphetamine and, uh, in psychosis. Mm. And working in Wanchai as a as a doorman in the clubland. Right, was that because it was cheaper than the other stuff in the day? I mean, it, it, it's, you just mentioned to me Hong Kong's really cleaned up its act these days. But was that a price thing or what? Oh, drugs were quite prevalent back then. It was the the dancing era, um, and the soldiers here as well. Yeah, and uh, I think that crystal meth was smuggled in from the Philippines. Right, it's, I'm heard it's made in underground laboratories. Right, what do you think? Um, what do you think drove you towards that? Was it peer pressure? Was it just you being curious, or what? Um, I always describe it. I've done a few drugs back in the dance scene in the UK. Right, um, had a great time, but there was something about ice that I always call it the key in the lock for me. Okay. It just seemed to be the wonder drug, mm. and uh, the problem is then you start to, you know, you start to not be able to function without it, and the more you think you're in control, the more your life is sliding yeah. way out of control, and that's how it was for me. It's brilliant that at some stage during this you can say, right, enough's enough. Now, did somebody else have to do that for you, or did you say, I must, I must backpedal here? Um, most people ran away, <laughs> which is, and I, I yeah. don't blame them. It's, it was quite horrifying. I was, I was a shadow of my former self. I, my house was a mess. Myself was a mess. Mm. Um, but I was fortunate. I had a, a sort of epiphanal moment where I just woke up one day and looked at myself in the mirror and thought, oh my God, what have I done? Mm. I've lost almost everything. My mental health, you know, my physical health. Mm my relationships, my money, um, and uh, I made myself a promise that I wasn't going to try and be an angel, um, that I still would like my nights out, but right. I had to get my seesaw back in balance. Mm. Do you think the fact that you had been, as you say, quite a successful businessman and a military training, deep inside you, that organisation helped you? No, because I think... I had to develop quite a deep sense of belief in myself from a very young, you know, young child. My right. family had quite a few issues and I was homeless for the first time at, I think, 13. And one thing my grandmother always used to say is, nobody ever said life is fair. And I can remember being homeless, wandering the streets in my school uniform at 13. And she was right, wasn't she? Yeah, and I thought, I'm not going to blame anyone. I'm, I'm, you know, you've got to look after yourself in this life. Mm. And funny enough, that came full circle after my addiction where, yeah, it was down to me. I had to rescue the situation because so, no, no one else could. Crystal's book is called Eating Smoke. It's a true story. And on the front it says, One Man's Descent into Drugs Psychosis in Hong Kong's Triad Heartland. Now, I've read all the stuff about sort of working for or with the 14K. I have actually experienced and known a couple of white guys in years gone by, who've done the same thing. How much can somebody who's not Chinese actually be a part of these guys? Are you still always the guaylo and the special case? Um, well, funnily enough, back then you had what was called the foreign triad, yeah, um, which I write, I, I touch on it in my book. 
it's hazy in the book because obviously my thoughts were quite fragmented at the time. So I allow the reader to work out for themselves what they think was going on. Um, but subsequently I've done some research and yeah, the, the, the foreign trial was a body of organised crime made up entirely of expats. Yeah, it, it makes sense that you could do things under the wire. The fellow I knew, and this was really 20 years ago, was quite a fluent Cantonese speaker. He was an Aussie. Now, how did the language thing kick in for you? Ah, it was really funny. It, it was split. Some people would be fascinated that you tried to learn their language. Yeah. Others would be so suspicious of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I even got sacked from my first job in Hong Kong for speaking Cantonese to the boss, who then, uh, well... In essence, he didn't want a guilo working in the company that could understand the language because you could be de- doing deals on the side. That makes sense. Um, and then when I tried speaking Cantonese in, as a, when I worked for a doorman for the 14K, I got quite a... How can you say? Quite good at it, I should imagine. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I upset a few people. It's very easy to do. Yeah. But then, ironically, a triad would come into the club and start saying, hey, so do you know Cantonese? Come on, it's easy to learn, and, and I would be, I'd just be flummoxed. Do you specifically remember your introduction to these guys, not necessarily this world? Yeah, I, I, I um, you know, I was in Last Chance Saloon, literally. I'd, I'd been fired or I'd lost so many jobs up till now. My life was in chaos. Hong Kong, as, as most expats are aware, it can be quite vicious if you're not over here to do a specific role. No kidding. You know, there's a few bar jobs going, and that's pretty much about it. And, um, you know, just almost miraculously, right on cue, I got, I went to see a doorman friend of mine in Wan Chai. Mm-hmm. Um, the triad boss came over and said, oh, your friend's gone to travel in Thailand. Do you want a job? And it, I just couldn't believe it. So I said, yeah, yeah, I, got, I, I can do door work. I'll, I want a job. And on my first night in the club, uh, there was an expat sat at the bar, and he said, do you realise all these guys are triads? And I was all ears because... What's that? You know, I, just, I just found that, that, that whole side of life fas- fascinating, that you know, people can operate under the radar of the law using all these secret hand signs and things. Policemen without uniforms? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. And uh, and he just talked me through everybody's role, what you know, who they were in the organisation and how it operated. It was, um, yeah, it was a real eye, eye opener. Somebody somewhere trusted you, and I think that wasn't because they knew you. There was just some innate thing about you, I suppose, which probably wasn't the best thing that happened in your life. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people who've read this have said to me, "It's actually a really funny book." Yeah, humour. You use it as what? I I didn't want it to be a feel sorry for me. Oh, I had a drug problem, but now I'm 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 all better now. You know, praise be. Yeah. Um, I love my time in Hong Kong. I don't regret even the deepest, darkest moments, and there were quite a few. Yeah. Um, I loved Hong Kong people. It was a, overall, it was just a great ex- experience. And when I wrote Eating Smoke, I wanted to, you know, bring the humour forward because. There's, it's there's all always there. humour, even in the darkest times. Yeah. It's all there. Would you live here again, or would it be a trigger? Um, no, nothing would be a trigger. Once you've... You, the dr- drugs isn't the problem. It's, it's um, Addiction's a psychological illness. And once you've kind of reprogrammed your mind, you, you can't go back, because you wouldn't want to, you know, you wouldn't want to lose what, what, what yeah. you've built up. Um, yeah, I'd love to live here again for a period of time. 
Well, you're now an author. Isn't it funny? You wait, I'm an author now. Yeah. And it's selling really well. Sorry we've had to do this really short, but uh, tell me what's happening later on today. Yeah, later on I'll be signing my book in um, Bookazine in the Prince's Building. Yep. And that will be from 4 o'clock until 6, I believe. Nice one. Sorry, sorry, 6 o'clock until 8, Phil. Great. So, Eating Smoke, a true story. Honestly, everybody I know that's read it has said it's a top read, very funny and very insightful. Published by Blacksmith Books. Chris, thanks very much and enjoy the rest of your trip here. Thank you. Take care.